Joe Biden leaves Christ out of Christmas again. A Virginia high school gets caught hiding good grades in the name of equity. Plus, Democrats in the Senate push a resolution on racism. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend and a very Merry Christmas. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Joe Biden and Christmas and the left's continuing efforts to downplay the holiday, remove Christ, and remove the joy and wonderment that children should experience as children. As noted in a Fox News story, there's a push by parents of Gen Z children to not believe in Santa Claus. And why? Because it might traumatize them. Before our daughter was born, we decided that we weren't going to lie to her because of the psychological trauma that occurs with children when they find out that their parents have been lying to them for years and years and years. There's a lot of research on it. Oh my gosh. So what do you think is more traumatic? Learning as an older child about Santa or seeing a guy with ears and a rainbow unicorn horn on his head? Then there's these leftist entertainment critics who are going after Christmas programs such as Apple TV's Spirited and Netflix's Scrooge. NBC critic Annie Bundell blasted the shows for insistence on preaching the secular myth of the billionaire-turned-benefactor at a time when the news is full of stories to the contrary. Isn't that one of the joys of Christmas, or any holiday for that matter, to turn away from what's going on in the country day in and day out and embrace something better, something hopeful? Here's more. In a year when it seems nearly every monopolistic company is laying off workers the cathartic comeuppance of a hard-hearted billionaire makes cultural sense, she added. But neither film is willing to even admit its cruel corporate czar is a bad person, as if the producers fear insulting the rich men who run their respective streaming services. Yep, let's just be miserable all the time. That's the motto of the left. So, no Santa, no good people in general, and certainly no Christ. This holiday celebrates the birth of Christ, and that reality is being pushed more and more to the side. Joe Biden gave his Christmas address and never mentioned Christ by name at all, saying this. And we look to the sky, to a lone star, shining brighter than all the rest, guiding us to the birth of a child, a child Christians believe to be the Son of God. Now, personally, as a Christian, I find that wording to be beyond lame. This holiday is about the birth of Christ, he has a name, and for two years in a row, Joe Biden didn't mention it in his Christmas address. And of course, we have the usual array of Democrat officials referring to holiday trees instead of Christmas trees. Friends, if you want to say happy holidays to encompass this group of Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's, fine. But the tree is a Christmas tree, a symbol of the holiday commemorating the birth of Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. All right, next let's talk about hiding good grades all in the name of equity. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. All right, next let's talk about a Virginia high school that epitomizes the whole push to reward mediocrity and punish the exceptional. The left hates the exceptional. They want everyone to be equally uneducated and misled so that the only thing people can turn to for guidance is government. This Virginia high school actually hid good grades and high achievement 
all in the name of equity. Here's the story. For years, two administrators at Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology in Virginia have been withholding notifications of National Merit Awards from the school's families, most of them Asian, thus denying the students the right to use those awards to boost their college admission prospects and earn scholarships. This episode has emerged amid the school district's new strategy of equal outcomes for every student without exception. School administrators, for instance, have implemented an equitable grading policy that eliminates zeros, gives students a grade of 50% just for showing up, and assigns a cryptic code of NTI for assignments not turned in. Wow, can you imagine? No more zeros and at least half credit on assignments that you just didn't even do just for showing up. And then on top of that, depriving outstanding students of scholarship opportunities that they earned. This is the education system today in America. Now, this problem was only discovered because one parent happened to be doing some digging. Last fall, along with about 1.5 million U.S. high school juniors, the son of Shawna Yasher took the PSAT, which determines whether a student qualifies as a prestigious National Merit Scholar. When it came time to submit his college application this fall, he didn't have a National Merit honor to report, but it wasn't because he hadn't earned the award. TJ school officials had decided to withhold announcement of the award. Indeed, it turns out that the principal, Ann Bonitatibus, and the director of student services, Brandon Kasatka, have been withholding this information from families and the public for years, affecting the lives of at least 1,200 students over the principal's tenure of five years. This is outrageous, and it shows the importance of parents being involved in what's going on at their children's school. Achievement should be rewarded, not hidden, and students should be challenged to excel, not just show up and move from one grade to another, learning nothing except how to become a left-wing activist. All right, next, in case you were focused on Christmas, you might have missed the resolution put forward in the U.S. Senate by Democrat Cory Booker and others to declare racism a public health crisis. Yes, it's the same old thing. Rather than bring people together, the Democrats focus on dividing the country. If they didn't continually stoke racial division, they'd likely be out of work. Here's the story. Democrat Senators Cory Booker of New Jersey, Alex Padilla of California, and Sherrod Brown of Ohio have reintroduced a Senate resolution that would declare racism a public health crisis. Brown and Padilla are also co-sponsors of the Commission to Study and Develop Reparation Proposals for African Americans Act, that would establish a federal commission to study slavery reparations. Booker, the sponsor of the reparation study bill, wrote a letter to President Biden in June calling on him to support the commission. Recall back in the summer riots of 2020 when Antifa and Black Lives Matter were burning buildings, destroying property, and assaulting law enforcement officials? So-called health leaders put out a statement saying, hey, everyone needs to stay locked down because of COVID, Unless, of course, you're looting and rioting because racism is somehow a public health crisis. Well, here we go again. Declaring racism a public health crisis is a crucial step toward addressing the deep-rooted and systemic inequities that continue to exacerbate health disparities in our nation, Cory Booker said in a statement. According to a press release, the resolution also serves to highlight the effects of systemic racism on the health and wellness of communities of color resulting in shorter life expectancy, worsened health outcomes, 
and enhanced exposure to harmful or dangerous environments. The resolution also encourages concrete action to address health disparities and inequity across all sectors of society. Do you see a pattern here? Whether it is in schools like the previous story or here in dealing with health and society, equity is the new buzzword. It's not equality. It's not giving a people a fair shot to succeed. It's about outcomes. And if outcomes are different among different people, then according to the left, it must be racism. All right. Next, let's talk about a little good news regarding actor, producer, and author Kirk Cameron. As I covered in a previous show, Cameron has come out with a new faith-based children's book titled As You Grow. And he and his publisher, Brave Books, have faced rejection after rejection after rejection from public libraries that won't let him have a story hour to read his book to children. These libraries will accommodate drag queen story hour for kids, but not Kirk Cameron. However, by continuing to push, and certainly by putting the spotlight on this issue in the public, Cameron is seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. Actor and producer Kirk Cameron claiming victory over two public libraries that denied him story hours, but have since reversed course. The faith-based children's book called As You Grow has been denied by over 50 community-funded libraries across the country, including ones that hold drag queen story hours. Over 50 rejections, but now two libraries are giving in. may not seem like much, but for Cameron, it's great news. Well, it's just a, a testament to what a little persistence can do. And I'm thrilled to finally be partnering with some of these libraries who have agreed to reverse course. They've changed their mind. And now they're going to give me space to read these uh, beautiful principles to children within their community. Uh, yeah. We'll be going to, to New York and to Indianapolis uh, in just uh, a few days. Good for Kirk Cameron. But here's the thing. Even when backing down, these libraries are still trying to save face, saying that they never denied Cameron a story hour opportunity. Here's his response. Uh, no, that's not, not correct. If you just head over to uh, bravebooks.com, you can read the letters that we sent to them and, and you can see their response as well. So uh, to say that someone just didn't ask right mm. is, uh, is not really telling the whole truth. Yeah. So. We're uh, so excited. People are coming out of the woodwork, thrilled, not just about uh, a book of biblical wisdom for their kids, but uh, a whole movement that has been sparked with parents, grandparents, librarians, and pastors who are wanting to host their own story hour in their public libraries. I love it. Let's start a movement. If the left is pushing drag queens and sexualization of children, let's push back. Let's have our own story hours where we promote faith-based principles, and maybe even say, a love for America? Wouldn't that be nice? All right, next let's have an update on the latest release of behind-the-scenes information on Twitter. This latest collection of info marks the ninth release from Elon Musk through various journalists, which shows a concerted effort from Twitter to block and ban conservatives, as well as the collusion with government agencies. Now we're learning that Twitter used CIA intelligence assessment to pressure social media platforms to censor speech, the latest installment of Elon Musk's Twitter files suggests. Here's former acting attorney general, Matt Whitaker. It, clearly the, the relationship was to suppress free speech. I mean, ultimately it was under the guise of uh, reducing foreign influence, uh, I guess in American elections, especially in 2020, but you just saw the DHS, DOD, 
uh, CIA, FBI, and, and, and state governments, and the Democrat National Committee all had an, a door into Twitter that they could moderate uh, accounts that they disagreed with. Not just one government agency, but many. Not just one Democrat official, but the entire Democrat Party structure. Interfering with and altering the outcome of an election should be treasonable offenses. And now we are seeing more and more evidence each and every day. Here's Whitaker on whether he thinks the FBI and other organizations will now back off. I, I would guess that the FBI still feels they have an important role in foreign influence and making sure that our, these social media platforms aren't used uh, to harm the United States of America. But obviously, where that line is drawn, they've right. had a hard time and struggle with that. So I would imagine they're going to do some soul searching to make sure that they aren't infringing on uh, Americans' rights to free speech. Now, I liked most of Whitaker's comments in that interview, but the FBI won't be doing any soul searching unless the Twitter files revelations are followed up by investigations, subpoenas, prosecutions, and jail time. If free speech is suppressed, if elections can be manipulated and interfered with, then we no longer have a free country. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. I'd like to introduce a new feature of the 13-Minute News Hour. It's called the 13-Minute News Hour One Sheet, and it's available to Patreon supporters. Just become a supporter on Patreon using the link in the description, and not only will you be able to view the show early, but the One Sheet document will include sources and links to all of the segments of my show so you can dig in deeper on the issues. The 13-Minute News Hour gives you the highlights, and the one sheet gives you the full story. Please check it out and become a Patreon supporter of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is the 13-Minute News Hour.